Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. But it's good to be here this morning. I pray that you'll give special attention to this thought, looking at the law. Whose law? God's law. We're going to look here just for a little bit, if you stay with me. Matthew 23, 23, have you found it? Shout amen. amen. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Father, I love you and I thank you for the day and these that have come today. I pray you give me voice and you give me unction to preach with. Help me, God, stand one more time for the cause of my king. Fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of this writ. God, I've tried to pray and study, tried to hear from you. Now, God, nothing can be accomplished without you and I can't do anything on my own but I do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So have your way, Holy Ghost, in the hearts of those that are here. Encourage the saint of God. I pray conviction come upon the lost soul that they might be saved today and we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for everything that's accomplished. Ask it in our King's name, Jesus. Amen. amen. And amen. Jesus here in Matthew 23, he begins to come, he's really, he's putting the woes upon the religious. These folks thought they were better than those others around them. They had scripture bound up and hanging either between their eyes or on the hems of their garments or on their cuffs. They had the scripture tied to them. The scripture, Brother Roland, was on the outside and it wasn't on the inside. He had told them they were whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. So he's talking here about the law. Now the law in the Old Testament is the Torah. It means this, instruction. God instructed his people. In the New Testament, if I can pronounce, it is pneumos, and it means this, a regulation. So we have instruction in the Old Testament and law in the New Testament is regulation. We are regulated by the law. We should follow the laws of God. Say, I don't like the law. Well, a lot of people don't, but that doesn't make the law of no effect because, listen, by the law is the knowledge of sin. We don't think we've got anything wrong with us until we hear the law of God. The law of God said you shall not covet, shall not kill, have no other gods before me. Honor you, father and mother. Look, the, the law shows us. And somebody said, well, I've not done anything. Well, you're seeing nail Jesus to a cross. You've done that. The law was given. First, it's proclaimed by God. It's proclaimed in two ways. God spoke the oral law to Moses. He gave it to him, speaking it to him. And then God, when he's up on the mountain, also God wrote, he, the, we have the written law. The, the, by the finger of God, he wrote the law, the commandments. God proclaimed his law. Now it's practiced, the law was practiced by the Hebrew or the Israelite. 
They were the ones that God gave the law to for purpose. Stay with me just a few minutes. He gave them the law. You need to understand this morning the importance of the law. The, the, the multitudes and multitudes out there today think that the law of God has no effect on them or no bearing on their life. I'm going to tell you, friend, you die without Christ, and you know what he's going to judge you by? The law. He's going to bring the law before you, and he's going to say, you didn't measure up. I thought you said the Hebrews practiced the law. Oh, they practiced the law. One guy didn't practice the law, gathered a few sticks on the Sabbath day, and they stoned him to death. You talk about capital punishment. It would thin the population of America out if you went back to that. I'm not saying that you ought to stone them for picking up sticks. I'm just saying when they had capital punishment, they had capital punishment. God said, get that problem out of the camp, kill it. I'll tell you this. I'd say there's not that many people went to picking up sticks on the Sabbath day after that. They gather them all up on Friday. They hey, everything they need was already there on the Sabbath day. Are you still with me? It was practiced by the Israelites. But look here. God proclaimed that wall. It was practiced by the Israelites but it was preserved, and we have them here probably with the scribes. They was, or it was preserved by the scribes. The scribes were those considered lawyers that recorded the word of God. And every jot and every tittle, they put it down. They didn't miss one piece. If there was a dot there, they put a dot down. Now, I don't know Hebrew. I wish I did. I don't understand. And they read it backwards, and it's, uh, and, and it's just a bunch of squiggly lines on the parchment to me, but those guys can read it. And every one of those dots or tittles or jots means something to them. And, and, and there it was. The scribes have preserved that word of God. We have the word of God today in the English language. Thank God for translation. I, if it wasn't translated, I'd be in trouble this morning. I couldn't take the blessed writ. And a heathen king, say what you want to about him, a heathen king had this thing preserved, translated, and if you'll ever do a little research, research the translations and how this thing came to be. Now, many will tell you there's faults and errors in it. But look here, friend, I'm like Jack Lassiter. That right there will get you to heaven. That'll get you to heaven. And I'm as far as I'm going. There's three things. There's three things that he's, he's talking about here, and he's talking about tithing. Now, I'm not talking about tithing today. I'm using that as an illustration, like Jesus did in this, but you ought to tithe. And that's for your benefit, not for ours. We're doing just fine without your tithe. And listen, tithe is not for the lost man. If you're unsaved, we don't want your money. Yeah, we don't want your money. You keep your money. You do whatever you want to with it. We don't want it. But if you're saved, there's an expectation by God put upon you. Now, it's not the expectation that these guys had. These guys had three. They paid a tenth to the Levite. They paid a tenth for the sanctuary. And every three years, they paid a tenth to the poor. How about that? Every third year, the poor got something. What did that do? That kept the welfare line out. They weren't no welfare. They took care of it. But they all worked. Bible said, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. I wonder if it'd get quiet right there, but that's what the Bible says. They had the three times of tithes. Now, 
They had taken Deuteronomy 14.22, tithe on the fruits of your field. They'd taken that and they'd reduced it down. He's talking about grain, and they reduced it down to where it fit them, and they said, well, we're just going to give herbs. We'll give a little mint, a little dill. That's what these are. We'll give you a little of that, and, and, and hey, well, we're tithing on that. But here's what struck me as interesting, Brother Way. He said, he said, that's okay. You can tithe on that. In other words, tithe on the smallest thing. <coughs> so I got $10, and I forgot to do that. Let me, let me just read to you what Jesus said, see if, see if you understand it this way. These ought to you have done.
When saw we then a hunger and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of these, the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then you've done it unto me. What is that? That's that which is right. That is justice to them. They deserve a good hand. They needed some help. You give them. You've done that which was right. And when you've done that which was right to them, you've done it to him. We're just looking at the law. You still with me? Yes. We're moving right down the road. We're going to mercy next. He gives three. He gives judgment. Then he gives mercy. Mercy means compassion. It means compassion. That's what God, he saw us in our lost condition and had compassion on us. I read a story where Napoleon was about to execute a guy and his mother came screaming from the crowd and grabbed Napoleon around his feet and yelled, mercy, mercy, mercy. Napoleon shook her off and said he don't deserve mercy. She said, my Lord, if he deserved, deserved it, it wouldn't be mercy. Napoleon let the guy go. Didn't execute It's compassion. Where am I going to find that? I'm going to read you another story real quick. Luke chapter number 10. Flip right over in your Bible into Luke chapter number 10. And you're way ahead of me. You, you, you Bible students know where I'm going, what I'm going to read here. And this guy's wanting to know. He, he's asked Jesus. He said uh, he's wanting uh, to have eternal life. And, and the Lord has straightened him out here and, and uh, told him that he answered right, that if he loved the Lord and, he's, and your neighbors yourself, I wonder where he'd heard that before. Jesus said in, 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 in Luke uh, 10 and 30, now I know reading scripture and messages cuts a lot of people out, but just put, put your listening ears on. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side, and likewise a Levite, when he was at, at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. This is a picture of Jesus. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him. <laughs> and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. Jacob Berry said that ends the church. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and he gave it to the host and, gave, and said, Take unto, unto him, take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. Now, he done it because he had compassion on him. What did he tell us to do? Judgment and mercy, justice, righteousness, and compassion on who? It don't say anything about this guy being a Christian. It's somebody that's half dead. I'm going to tell you today, if you're lost in trespassing sin, spiritually you're all the way dead. 
He hath quickened us through word dead and trespassing sin. We have that promise out of Paul's writings in Ephesians. So there we see him. He's just half dead. And the good Samaritan come by. And he came where he was. Why? Because he couldn't get to him. He came to me. He said, you do this. The Pharisees weren't doing this. They didn't have justice. Oh, they had judgment, but the wrong kind. They didn't have compassion or mercy on people. Listen, they're putting, they're putting yokes on them that they couldn't bear. They don't care anything about these people. They want their money. We got one more. Faith. Looking at the law. I don't find these in the law. I'm about to show them to you. This will help you right here. But we're going to cover this third one before I do. In the law, faith, it means, per, this word here, the word faith right here means persuasion or moral conviction. So you can't give that to somebody. You can give persuasion to them. Randy was trying to persuade somebody to come and call on the Lord this morning, opening up the service. When we preach, when Roland sings, when you other singers sing or teachers teach, and when we minister, we try to persuade people to come. With our own moral conviction. Morals in America has been flushed down the Mississippi River. It is in the minority. You are in the minority if you have any scruples or morals about you today at all. Faith is this. Persuasion. Moral conviction. Say, well, I don't have that. Flip back to Mark chapter 2. And you know the story. But I'm just going to read you a verse here that, that, that seemed, to, seemed to say it to me. It's noise that Jesus is in the house. And they're having a camp meeting, and they can't get them there. They're tearing the roof off to get these boys to Jesus. And straightway, Mark 2 and 2, and straightway many were gathered together in so much there was no room to receive him. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four, when they could not come nigh for the press. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they broken it up, they let down the bed where in the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith. They're putting the thing to Jesus. They're bringing this man to him. Persuasion. If we can just get him there. By their moral conviction. Let's just get him there. And he saw their faith. So he's doing that. He's, they are doing Jesus said, oh, Jesus said, later, it, it, we find this on, in 23rd chapter of Matthew would be after this uh, account right here. But it would be this, Jesus is saying, he said, because of that faith, you give them that. If you're here and you're unsaved today, here's what I wish. But I can't, but if I could, I would. I'd give you salvation to everyone in here. To make sure, and I'd, first I'd give you understanding. 
that you can see that what God done for you. These people fuss about God and they have trouble. They don't like God. I, I, I watch. I mean, these people. Some of them are absolute morons to get on there and 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 fuss about God. Every good gift and every perfect gift coming from above, come from the Father of lights. Every bite of bread they ever took, God blessed them with it. Every breath you ever drew, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Every breath you ever drew should bring him praise. Listen, even the sick babies that God calls home with him, look, watch this. Here's what, here's what uh, Barbara Spencer told uh, her granddaughter. Her granddaughter had a baby that died. And I was talking to Chris and, and, and I was staying at J.B. and Barbara's house. And Sister Barbara said, said that granddaughter lost that child and said she was beside herself. And it was either Barbara told this or the, or the uh, her, Barbara's daughter, Janice, I can't remember which one said it. Here's what they told the girl though. They said, what if you'd have never had that baby doll? She said, it would have spared me a lot of pain. She said, you would have never been with it forever. How about that? I mean, this whole thing just changed. You might have had them. You might have lived another 40 years and had them for that long and have missed all the heartache and the pain. Now, I know they're a blessing. They're a joy, and I can't imagine. But I want you to know, bless God, there's not been a baby die that hadn't come to the age and the knowledge of good and evil that God didn't take straight to glory. So what does that say? That says that even though that child died, you want to see my good God? Even though that child died, it didn't end there. One glorious day in the portals of heaven, they step off into glory. And there's that baby. Hey, listen, maybe it's an adult child and said, hey, been waiting on you to get home. Where you been? Mark Bishop said, I'm a slow learner. I got here as fast as I could. Why would he say this? Here's what Paul said about it in Galatians 6. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the perfect law of Christ. He took all the law and brought it down to two. He fulfilled the sacrifice. He said, think not I'm coming to destroy the law. I'm not coming to destroy, but to fulfill. And he fulfilled it all. And he took all that law and combined it into two. Loving God and loving your neighbor. And he is God, by the way. And if you love him and love your neighbor, he said, you, fu you fulfilled it. What is that? That's the perfect law of Christ. That's Christ's law being fulfilled. But you've got to fall in love with God. Why should I fall in love with God? I've not had nothing but heartache and trouble all my life. Listen, friend, we've all had heartache and trouble. Everybody in this room has experienced heartache and trouble. I'm going to cheer you up real good right here. You're going to have some more before you leave this world. But one day, for I reckon the suffering of this present time isn't worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Would you like to have a helper? Amen. In the past three years, since COVID until now, I don't know what I've done without it. When I thought I was going to die, 
go write my prayer in. And I can sing that song. When he calls me, I will answer. Here am I. I'd go right in my prayer room. I'd say, Lord, I'm right here in my place of prayer. This is where you've met me many times. I wouldn't have been able to vocalize this a lot. A lot of it was in my heart, in my mind, because I couldn't hardly breathe. Here I am. I don't, I'm not looking to leave Pat. She needs me for another day or two. I want to baptize a little bud. One of these days he's going to get saved, and I want to baptize that boy. God, here I am. I ain't afraid to leave. I mean, one, one cousin asked another cousin, said, yes, Mike afraid, thought he was going to die. Can I answer you? No. Thought he was going to die. So what? I'll have one step here, and the next step, I'll be in glory. And praise God, every bad day is over. Sandy's having a good day. I know so. That one that dies in Christ, the one that got out of the grave, promised me that. Bless God. Nobody else got up on, on their own accord. If they had, I'd listen to them. But there's one got up by himself. That's the one I'm going to pay attention to. It's his law. We're looking at his law. His law says love me and love your neighbor. Praise God, and it'll be all right. You got to love him. Now, I don't know about all that preaching. I'm telling you, if you'll just believe this morning that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and that he died for your sin because you're a sinner. So I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you believe that today, and you make open profession of that, with the heart man believeth in righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you would, if you would openly confess that today, why? Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, but also whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall not be ashamed. Amen. You deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. That tells me God tells somebody. Why did old simple-minded Ronnie want to get up first thing right over there? And the first thing out of Ronnie's mouth was, let's go tell Betty. I want to go tell Betty right now. What are you going to tell her, Ronnie? I got saved. You know that? Yes, I know it. Now, he's no road scholar. He's smarter than a lot of them thought he was. But he knew this. He knew he called on God and God saved him. Here's the question. Is that you today? Hey, Christian, you know what the expectation is on us? Huh? Don't leave that undone. You do that. You give the justice or judgment, which is right, the righteousness. <coughs> you give the mercy, which is compassion. You share your faith. That's the law. That's the law. But I'm telling you, if you don't do it, then the law demands payment. And the wage of sin is death. But the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
If you're sitting here this morning and say, Preacher, I don't know if I'm saved or not, then, then let me answer that for you. It means no. That means no. Say, well, now, I don't know about that, Preacher. He said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. You know if you've been born. You, you, know, you know if you've had that. Let me tell you. I'll use a Paul Washer analogy here, illustration. Paul Washer said there's nothing more powerful than God anywhere, anytime, throughout the entire universe, years past, years to come, throughout eternity, no power equal to God. And you tell me you had an experience with that kind of power and you don't know it. Oh, you'll know it. You'll know it. You'll be like Randall when he breaks you with conviction. Praise God, that's the voice that speaks to conscience. I'm still using what that guy said. The best illustration I've ever heard. And you have a conscience. I don't care who you are. You've got a conscience. And that voice that speaks to conscience says, not right, not right. You know it, plain and simple, Ernie. I knew she was going to play that song. <laughs> I knew what she was going to play. That's God. That's the Holy Ghost. That's when He, he comes. He bears witness with us. He lets us know that we're His. Glory to God. Stand with me, bow your heads throughout the sanctuary. If you're unsaved, you ought, to, you ought to be on your way to the altar right now. I've got some guys. Take a Bible and show you how to make Jesus. Heads bowed all over the sanctuary. If you're hearing you're unsaved today, I'm not coming to you. You're not going to try to drag you to an altar. Are you this concerned about your soul just to raise your hand and say, hey, preacher, pray for me? Is there one that do that? Bless you. I'll do it. I'll do it. Is that another one? That's a hey preacher. Pray for me. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is that another? I, I need I need that born again experience that you're talking about. I never had that. I don't know what that's I, I don't understand, preacher. receiving the love that you have that you know you got for your spouse or your children that kind of love but it's greater than that multiplied 10,000 times and it's receiving the gift that God got God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son if you'd be saved today you ought to just it'll never be easier than right now it'll never be easier than right this is as easy as it'll ever get out there outside these doors people don't want you to be saved but in here, we're for you. I'm for you. I'm trying to take my faith and persuade you today with moral conviction. I'm trying to obey and fulfill the law of Christ. Randall, do you know that song? Jesus says, sing that poem.
That's just five, ten minutes after twelve. We could be dealing with eternal things right here, right now. I want Christians to sing this song like you've never sang it before. Because there's one and only one that can save you. And Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Sing it now. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.